This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, guys and gals, for what will be your Thursday episode of Locked On Browns as we start to work on through here the week. Um, some fun stuff to get to tonight. Uh, definitely some Browns news to get to. Uh, there's one here that's just, I don't get, not necessarily, I mean, NCAA-wise, we'll start with that. We'll get to that in a second. From Browns Maven through SI.com, Pete Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore me, as always, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Brown-wise, for your daily delivery of all things dog pounds. Pete, this whole thing down with Memphis basketball, and look, with Penny Hardaway and the influence he had, I mean, maybe that, if it works long-term, I'll be amazed, but with all, all he's done in the community and all the kids that know him, it's going to probably make for more incidents like this. But the NCAA were after apparently agreeing to give this certain guy a 12-game suspension due to improper benefits or whatever. He's now, they are now asking him and making him have to make a donation to a charity for $11,500. He's 18 years old. He is an NCAA amateur athlete who cannot make a dime off his own likeness. Where the hell is he supposed to get this $11,500? Well, I'm assuming they're getting it from some of the money that Penny paid him to go there in the first place, uh, allegedly. Um, <laughs> I, my, my question with all of this, including. Uh, Chase Young is 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 when uh, are they allowed to start profiting off their license? I thought that was going to be a thing now. Oh yeah, no, I think it's still like two years away minimum. But well, to me, I think ultimately what these people are going to argue is this is going to happen, and especially if you're a team like Memphis uh, and you're trying to make the argument that these people are profiting off their likeness, and they're going to try to come back and say. We're going to take away, you know, a final four appearance or whatever. They're basically saying, look, this is what the policy is. Uh, you know, you've made this. We're not going to, you know, if you want to go back and, and take it, it's still valuable to us uh, and the school in general. You're sort of wasting your time here by, by coming back and taking something away when it was going to be legal in another two years or six months or whatever it ends up, you know, whatever it is from that point. Uh, they come from for me here and this is where i kind of i'm totally with you and it's really no different where you know where you look at states like colorado and other states states now where it's you know they've legalized marijuana and they've kind of looked at the guys who are in prison who were serving crimes that were marijuana related and like all right well you guys can just go now um you know it's you know once you either pass it or once you either abolish it Look, it's not a time thing. It's look, this is what it is. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. And the premise of this, guys, is the NCAA. And and look how many guys, even Patrick Mahomes, you see how many professional athletes commented on this. They're just the stupidest, worst run organization. And I will say pro sports because they're making money. Granted, the players aren't, but you know it is pro sports because they're getting they're getting a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Um, Browns wise, um, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, he's going to sit Sunday. Um, Pete, I think the more and more I looked at that hit, I guess the more and more I looked at it, it was a little bit, it was a lot harder than I anticipated and kind of what hurt Larry was, it wasn't like they were toe to toe, 
in that case, hey, it's just two guys. What are you going to do? Um, Mason obviously didn't have his helmet on. We all know that. Um, so his back was to him. It, it, it was it was a it was a much stronger shove than I originally anticipated. Um, Larry gets his ten grand back, which is fine. Um, and I'm sure if he asked Larry, he'd say, "Well, if I give you the ten grand, can I play on Sunday?" And which we'd all be happier with that. I don't think he there was any way he was avoiding really getting this game because it was a it was a guy without a helmet on, didn't see it coming. Um, what, what, regardless of the severity of the push, it, it, it was it was a blindside shot. Yeah, uh, and 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 look, you aren't going to come out, or I should say, it was very unlikely they were going to come out on say on Wednesday. They were going to go ahead and let you play on this Sunday. I think that was sort of a uh, we're already this far. We're going to stick with it uh, and and go ahead and just rescind the fine, um, which is, is whatever. I, I never expected him to sort of win, so you know. I, it's hopefully it's okay against the Dolphins. He's back against the Steelers, which is really what they need him for. Uh, but I mean, especially that, seeing you know, as they most likely will be without Pouncey. Yeah. Unless, unless they, you know, really bring down his, his uh, suspension. Even if he uh, gets a break, he's getting a game, which will still keep him out of that game. I would think so, but uh, it's, it's hard to know because some so much of this is arbitrary uh they're they're applying the rules when they feel the, the by the book rules when they feel like it and then they aren't when they don't you know they you know and the other thing is is he, you know his was with he was with Derek Brooks James Thrash handled the Browns ones so uh we'll see on that but uh look I, guys I'll be honest completely honest I I anticipated no way whatsoever that Larry was playing this Sunday and I've mentioned about Sheldon Richardson Maybe rotating more in at defensive end because it, as Jake Burns said on Friday night, it had been 26 snaps in the last two games, I believe. This is probably not going to be the week where you can do that. Um, Pray Olivier's back, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and we'll, as you know, we'll see more. Hopefully, some news on that tomorrow. Um, David Ajoku practiced today. He is eligible to play on Sunday. Uh, right now, Pete, they carry five tight ends. I don't, th- you know. If you lose to the Miami Dolphins, it won't be because David Njoku didn't play. Um, but with the injury, the thing is, Pete, is you got to make sure you know, the wrist is at least strong enough and he can at least – look, he's never been the greatest blocker. He Maybe he'll never be the greatest blocker. But you can't have him out there where there's a tell of he's going to do no blocking at all. So what you need to see here is you need to see how he can hold up blocking-wise because obviously you know he's not been able to do a whole lot working out-wise and David's built like a stinking Greek god. But, you know, if he doesn't have 100% confidence in that wrist to block, then maybe Sunday just aiming the cards for him. Uh, so the first thing that was interesting to me is we found out he did, in fact, have surgery uh, when that was originally allegedly not going to be the plan. Um, that stuck out to me. And then um, based on that, I don't know when he sort of you know, got to full strength. All Freddie Kitchens would say is whether or not they activate him is entirely dependent on his conditioning. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure on that, but it certainly seems like he's been uh, running and trying to get in shape. Obviously, it's a little bit different playing actual games and stuff like that. But nevertheless, 
uh, it does seem like, you know, he's put himself in a pretty good uh, position to go ahead and get back out there. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, it's hard to say if they're going to go ahead and activate him. Obviously, th- that comes with a roster move, um, and, and they're they're doing a whole lot of that right now anyway. Uh, but given everything that's happened, it, it wouldn't surprise me if the organization's sort of pushing to get him on the field just because, you know, they could use some good news right now uh, in addition to a win. And, you know, if nothing else, maybe Miami's, you know, a nice little rehearsal for uh, the second edition of the Steelers and you don't maybe not want him to go back in right away. And if the concern is, you know, being a true inline blocker, that seems easy enough, flex him or put him out wide and you can sort of avoid that or, or dictate matchups a little bit more. Um, and you have other guys that can sort of be, I mean, that was sort of the initial uh, setup anyway. You were going to have um, Demetrius Harris be that inline true Y, and, and then you have Najoku who can split out or be in the flex slot, those type of things. Um, and, you know, because you still have that guy, uh, you can still do those things. So that may be the way – way to sort of navigate around it. Now, having said that, I am interested to see, you know, that will be something to keep an eye on. How often do they have him play in line this week or, or those type of things, or how often, you know, if he's in the game, how often does he, uh, you know, first play at all and then where? So those things are are, are of interest to me uh, with, uh, with him now. Uh, there's two ways to look at back is the red zone offense. My God, that's a, that's a, that's just a different world. Yeah, I mean that is the one thing. But I mean, but there also is this aspect of it is if you think you can just go out there and you know, guys, if any, if you haven't listened to it yet, listen to the crossover episode with Travis Wingfield from who who hosts Locked On Dolphins. Tra- Travis, fantastic, he knows the team inside and out, and he covers the team like Pete and I do. We cover, you know, he covers it from soup to nuts. He's all over the draft on Saturday. Um, Miami's going down the course. Um, but he basically made it sound like, you know, if you just dedicate yourselves to the run, there's really going to be nothing the Miami Dolphins can do. And if you guys want a good laugh, go look at the current Dolphins injury report. I know Scott uh, Patrick has it up. I know another couple of their you know, main beaters have it up. And look at some of the names in that Dolphins injury report. I have no idea who hell the hell half those guys are. And Pete and I cover 600 draft prospects a year. And there's names on there. I have no idea who the hell they are. These are literally guys who are one step away from the XFL. And they are going to be playing significant minutes for the Miami Dolphins. So they should be able to run the ball to death and just bury Miami that way. There is the thought process of why put anything David Njoku on film when you're going to go play Pittsburgh the week after where you know they, they don't have really much for the last two and a half months with David. So why go waste something that maybe can work against Pittsburgh here where they can see it? I, I understand from every aspect. And to, and for Freddie, oh, well, if, if he's conditioned, I mean, David Njoku is just an absolute freak. Uh, I'm not too concerned about his conditioning. Um, would like to see him back, but, you know, I can understand it from both sides. Is it more important that you come back in Pittsburgh and they're not really sure where you're going to use him or how are you going to use him, especially with everything that's going on? And the other thing is, is, you know, there will have to be a move made because you're carrying five tight ends. And the craziest thing is, is you don't have a beast elite blocker out of the five 
uh, three of these guys could necessarily be considered larger wide receivers. It's, it's just too many of them at this point. And you just feel bad because, you know, I mean, I, you, you might not get rid of Brown because he's one of the better blockers. You feel bad for Carlson. Well, he may, because if Carlson probably hits waivers at this point, so te- teams are so desperate, he's probably going to move on. I'll tell you right now, I think the Jets would be all over him in a heartbeat. Um, so there's that aspect. And now this was one, it was really nice to see. And um, Pete and I, we've talked before, um, JT Hassel's agent, we know him well. Uh, we talked with him a lot. Um, but finally got the call, you know, once the suspension was official um, for Larry and you got the finalization of Morgan Burnett's, he's already had his Achilles surgery. Obviously his season's done. Maybe most likely his career with the Browns is done. Perhaps most likely his career is over. Um, bad, bad age for an Achilles injury. He, from Florida Tech, um, because we knew the agent, we knew if he went undrafted, they really thought Cleveland was a great possibility. This is a team that carried six safeties on their roster. Um, you know, part of it was due to injuries when Justin Burris was brought back, and then part of it was is he was too good to kind of let go. Uh, you know, you lost Whitehead, and now with Burnett, uh, and Eric Murray is still not practicing, so that's not looking good. Uh, I'm assuming, Pete, if they carry five safeties and they were accustomed to six, uh, if Murray can't go, Hassel's going to play. Whether or not he gets reps on D is one thing, but he played well as a special teamer. And I'm happy for the kid because he got that egregious fine in the preseason. And on a practice squad, you ain't making no money. So hopefully he can make some on-roster money here to maybe offset that ridiculous penalty he got in Indianapolis. Yeah, I don't know how that works when you're going to get fined basically more than you have or you're going to make. Um, but uh, yeah, like, yeah, Can I, I pay you weekly? Because this is going to be what I'm going to make for September, guys. Right. I, I, I'm happy for Hassel. I liked him as a prospect. Um, he's obviously a guy who's sort of learning as he goes. Uh, he's a linebacker at South Dakota State and Florida Tech. Uh, he's making the move to safety. All he does is fly around as, as fast as he can and try to make plays. Um, and you know, he had some bumps and bumps in the road as far as coverage, but he makes tackles. He, he will go and find people and specifically for special teams, that could be his ticket on the field early is, you know, you just fly around and you can get down the field and, and, and make tackles on that part of the unit. You could potentially audition yourself for a job next year, which I think is really what this is about for him. Um, the Browns are in a position where they only have one safety under contract beyond this year, and that's Sheldrick Redwine, who Freddie Kitchens, in, in, interestingly, had talked up a little bit. Um, and with a guy like uh, Hassel, you are trying to you're trying to make your case that uh, you can be part of that next year's wave and. Uh, you know, there's theoretically going to be a lot of jobs available. So that's a huge opportunity for him. Um, obviously, he, he has ne- – he, he is – since being an undrafted free agent, he's only been on one team. He was on, he went, signed with the Browns immediately after the draft as an undrafted free agent. And then he was with the Browns through their entire uh, training camp and stuff and went straight to their practice squad. He's, so he's not, it's not like he's been around. This is the only spot he's known. So he, if nothing else, he's he's quite uh, 
he knows the system. He knows what, what's being expected. So hopefully, you know, between playing in the preseason and getting the opportunity now, he can hopefully go out there and uh, look more comfortable, look like he can put uh, a better audition tape out there that, you know, sort of applying what he's learned. Obviously, he's been practicing with the team and doing some of those things. So hopefully he's going to be able to look comfortable and, and do some things that uh, look more along the lines of who he can be as opposed to the raw guy trying to figure it out on the fly. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, you, you take this and you look at it from his perspective, and it was maybe, you know, say three weeks ago, he's a guy trapped on a practice squad where a team carries six safeties on the game, uh, you know, on their 53. He was in a bad opportunity. Granted, there's not nothing here for 2020, but the point is if there's six guys in front of me on the 53, I can't even get there to get a game rep. Now all of a sudden, most likely he's going to be safety number four on Sunday. You'll get to see some things on special teams. And this is now something the Browns are seem to be prioritizing. Um, and, you know, Hodge obviously excelled on special teams. Now it's to the point, well, you know what? You're working hard enough. Let's see if it can translate somewhere else. And you've seen a little bit of success within the offense as well. One of the reasons they love Damian Ratley is because he is a good special teamer. So there's an opportunity here for him. And if he at least shows average, he's bought himself another ticket to 2020 training camp um, for a team that's desperate to find some help at this safety position. So, you know, from three weeks ago to where he is now, I mean, it went from a a dark, you know, grim spot being here as a Cleveland Brown for him. And now all of a sudden the lights got a lot brighter for him and he's got the opportunity, which is anything you want to see for any of these kids who you know end up going the UDFA route. And again, I'm just happy, hopefully, you know, he can maybe offset some of this money because that was, I mean, because it was just a terrible, terrible, terrible fine. Um, we got a couple more things coming here. I can't believe a debate we're going to get here in a second. Not really a debate, but we'll get into that. Um, guys, as you know, mybookie.com, my favorite holiday, the combination of food, family, football, three games slate, completely unopposed, eaten all day. MyBookie.ag, if you want to bet all three games together, parlay them, manipulate the spreads or who you think is going to win, bet them all solo. MyBookie's got the best odds going in the business. Fantasy players galore over-unders. You can go ahead and bet that. Use MyBookie.ag. They will still match your initial deposit up to 100% at MyBookie.ag, even this late in the season. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Go to mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. So apparently, Pete likes some imported butter, guys. Um, and apparently, it's a big thing here. And Jack Duffin, thank you. I had no idea we're paying about 100% more on butter on this side than you guys over there in England. Pete, the fascination, Kerrygold butter. What's going on here? Uh, despite, uh, slanderous, uh, comments from, from Jeff Risden, it's, uh, a grass bread butter, which, uh, I got into by virtue, of, uh, probably with Charles Bentley, but certainly other things I've, I've read on it and found, bumped into that stuff and it's really good and, uh, it's better for you. And it's, uh, or, it, or I should say it's, it's it's at the very least different for you. 
uh, in terms of what it has and what it doesn't. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's got a higher fat, fat content. It's got less uh, some other stuff I, I don't want in it, and, and I think the taste is better uh, than than other stuff I have. Which you know, having made the move to this, uh, the other stuff is just very unpleasant to me. Uh, I don't get the non-salted kind. I get the the salt included. Uh, yes. So that probably is a factor. But uh, yeah, it's very good, and you know. People who really want to get the most out of life uh, with their brother enjoyment, that, this is for you. Uh, people who, you know, engage in spreads that sound like they're, you know, they, they've done time in prison. Like this is something where you've smuggled this in and you've uh, put mayo on bread with some shiv type apparatus you've crafted and some weird lighter set up to make your grilled cheese, you know, you're, you're entitled to that. Nastiness, but reality is you get what I would term the Cadillac of butters. And I'm perfectly happy to have Kerrygold sponsor me if they're, if they're out there listening, I'm sure they are from Ireland. Uh, I looked, I can't even find a Twitter page for him. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, so Pete and his bougie. And, and I've got a track record for, for guiding our audience to success. As I've, as I've spoken to the ordinary, you know, inferior meat that is ham, especially on a holiday where you're trying to allegedly impress people. Thursday's uh, coming, and then big you boy. Pull out this crap and you go, I want, to, I want, I don't want to cook delicious. I want a challenge. I want to try to rescue this, this awful crap, and and make you guys choke down this salty mess. With your with your meal, this is you know this this isn't this isn't trying to make you work for it. This is this is just easy, delicious, good stuff. I found it. It is in my local food store. I'm not cooking tonight, so I will we'll give it a run here. The grilled cheese thing, and I'm sure we've addressed this before. Um, you use mayonnaise, and what it is is you can cover the in for somebody who was asking. No, not on the inside. You use this instead of butter. You're able to spread it all over both sides of the bread. It allows for an even cooking. Butter burns. Butter can make soggy. You're allowed for a more complete cook. Your cheese gets melted better. I have Converse. You guys have heard Mark Schofield on this show. He's in. My track record for converting people to grilled cheeses made with mayonnaise is good. We're not going to debate this any further. And I will give this Kerrygold butter a run in some capacity. It certainly won't be on a grilled cheese. Um, you know, and I'd love to see Pete wearing his big orange jumpsuit on, you know, cell block D, um, trying to get who's ever going to visit him over the weekend and bring him some fancy, bougie Kerrygold butter. So there is that. Um, and well, there right. is this, actually- is the, this, is the, this is the benefit of, of apparently avoiding time in the clink, which sadly <laughs> sounds like... Sounds like uh, Jeff Lloyd has not been able to do, and as, you know, this is this is like, you know, this is like turlet wine essentially for grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, you know, there there are better things out there, and I, I'm just trying to help people live life better, and that's what this is all about. Pete Smith, man of the people. Um, I've only been in a jail cell twice in my life. It was the same jail cell two separate times. That's a story for another day. From Doug Kent, while we're here on this topic. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Hell the freak no. 
Pineapple is a fantastic fruit. It's actually standalone. Pineapple is just good um, with ham, anything pork. Pineapple goes fantastic. I don't know where the hell y'all got to this. And I go back to the Seinfeld episode with Kramer's idea of you have the customers make, oh, you can't put anything on a pizza. You cannot put pineapple on a pizza. Absolutely not. In no way whatsoever. No, Pete. So insight into me, I suppose. I, I'm weird about textures when it comes to food. And like, I, I think pineapple's great on its own. Um, it's a delicious fruit and all that, but beyond the taste part of it, which isn't, doesn't add anything to pizza to me, I think the texture becomes off putting when you put stuff like that. And the same reason I don't like onions or tomatoes or those, or mushrooms or any of that stuff on there is I think it creates just an unpleasant texture, uh, that I don't want to have on my pizza or really anywhere else. I mean, if you, if you want to eat those things separate or like you're saying, I want to eat a salad and I want all these things that are crunchy, more power to you, but mixing those two things together, is just not, not for me. I mean, I'm similarly, pizza. I'm a smooth peanut butter guy and not a crunchy peanut butter guy. Oh, there we go. All right. You're finding some common things here, folks, between Pete and I. Totally agree, certainly on the peanut butter. I don't understand how you would add sweet to pizza. Because um, if you're doing it right, and this is one of the joys of where I live, you know, the tri-state area is supposed to be like, you know, the Italian food hub. Because, you know, you know, people used to, you know, people around here joke that the Italians were lazy. They just got across the ocean and said, all right, we'll just set up shop here. Um, the effort that's put into the sauce and making sure you're using the best cheeses and busted your ass kneading dough and, and all these flavors are already there. And if you're just going to make, you know, cause sweet usually overpowers everything. So if you want to eat pineapple, eat pineapple. But if you want to eat pizza, you want it to taste like pizza. Uh, it's, I'm sorry, folks. It's just, this, this is one. And Doug knows. I appreciate you, Doug. Uh, this is one I'm pretty damn serious about. Does mean a lot here. Um, and especially, I mean, the, the one piece of real I have been here in town. And uh, oh God, Pete, uh Peter Schrager from Good Morning, uh, Good Morning Football. Uh grew up in this town. Uh he's he went to the same middle school my, my girls go to now. Uh, you know, he's big and there's we have this place in town, it's Federici's, it's damn near a hundred years old. Um, one of the, you know, one, one part of the family is, you know, works, uh, is part of the E street band with Bruce Springsteen. And I, I go there sometimes and I, and I joke with them cause I know them all. And I was like, Oh, I don't see pineapple on the, it, 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 you don't get that in my pizzeria. You don't get that in my restaurant. No, 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 no. If the Italians say it's a no, and they're the ones that have been doing it for all these years. No, no, no. We got a couple more listener questions coming here. Um, somebody brought up a great one about the. Playoff picture and the wild card picture. I do want to do that, but I just want to put in the appropriate research tomorrow as far as games this weekend, who's healthy, who's not. But yeah, that's definitely one. And that'll work out great because with Pete's availability now, we can go back to what was the norm of last year and recording the pregame shows on Friday night. You know, sadly for Pete, and he'll be available. You know, I hate it. You hate it. We all hate it. But this is, you know, where we're at. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your dinner brought to you, whether it's local, whether it is a franchise with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get 
$5 off their first order of $50 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. You know the drill. All caps, no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Listening, uh, listening on the go, if you don't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Lockdown Sponsors at LockdownPodcast.com slash offers. The folks that are over at DoorDash, we appreciate you for the sponsorship of everything over here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. We got a couple of good ones. Like I said, I, I love I, I love that wild card one. And, talk, you know, we'll be able to talk about some teams and stuff. We're probably going to make a big focus of that tomorrow night here. From Evan Dawson. I'd like permission to stop getting my hopes up for Rashard Higgins. Can we assume, one, he's almost done as a Brown, and either, two, he's done something deeply insubordinate or aggravating to someone in the front office, coaching staff, whatever, that we don't know about, or his usage reveals a fireable failure? I don't know about that part. But, Pete, yeah, I mean, and now is Hodge taking snaps from him. It was Callaway taking snaps from him. I don't know what the issue is. And, look, if – if he truly said in the Seattle game, I'm not going in, that's that's his cross to bear. And people, you know, front office guys and especially football guys are not going to tread lightly on something like that. You know, thankfully, he was there to catch that game-winning touchdown pass against Buffalo. Uh, you're going to put a gun to my head right now, and you're going to give me odds. I'd say at best it's maybe 15 20%. You see Rashard Higgins as any part of this Browns franchise in 2020 right I don't, I don't know uh, yeah I, I certainly wouldn't say it looks good that he's going to be here after this year I don't pretend to know what's going on with him in the organization right now uh, it, it certainly sounds like there's some issues from both sides of it uh, I, you know it, it's I don't know if they're saying that Daryl Hodge is better for them right now or you know how you really judge that but you know if they aren't playing him at this point or or I should say these next six games I mean because that's, that's really what this is all about but if they aren't playing these you know if he's not playing in these next six games uh in some you know me- meaningful role there's no, really no point in keeping him so I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And the fact that, you know, from his standpoint, he won't have any reason to want to. But if if, that, if that's, you know, I, again, it's like Gennard Avery. I, I don't like that as a decision. But if they're going to do it, they might as well do it and move on. Man, there's so many people who just love Kerry Gold. <laughs> I, 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 keep, I keep going back to check for more listener questions. There's more people by, by, piling in. And uh, one of them, I have two followers. The people have spoken. Yes. And one goes by JJ. And um, these, and that's funny because these guys both look like both bald, you know, nice fat beards. And he talks about how his mom does all his holiday baking with Gary Vogel. It's, yeah, it's funny how this stuff kind of takes on a mind of its own. Uh, Matthew D'Arce, draft offensive tackle question. I can watch tape and make a decision on who I think is a good offensive tackle but I can't watch tape and see who would be the best fit for our line, especially later round prospects. Are there any characteristics a prospect should have to best fit a camping slash kitchens? Well, it's, you know, probably what camping likes. 
you know, who knows where, I mean, we could, this conversation could change in two months, but to fit that type of need, I, I guess the first thing Pete is, you know, and we've talked about this with camping is, is go out, drop the net, get me as many tackles as possible. Cause I want athleticism. I want good size. I want good length. I'll figure out the stinking rest. And so, you know, even still, I mean, combine wise, what are you looking for? You're looking for the athletic guys, obviously tape and whether or not you have the stones to, you know, take people on and you know, that type of stuff all matters. Aaron Campman likes athleticism. And even if you're raw on technique and you're smaller school guys, his goal is I will try to teach you the rest. This is why we have high hopes for a Drew Forbes. It kind of fits what you think Aaron Campman would like. Yeah, I mean, to me, I can watch stuff on tape and I can tell you what I like based on. And again, I, with offensive line, it's more more than even quarterback. I think it's really a matter. Well, I would say quarterback quarterback largely the same conversation. It really comes down to what you like. Um, there are things that I look for that other people probably don't care about, and there are things that other people care about that I don't. Like there are people who will still swear by arm length. They don't care at all about arm length. Um, I'm more interested in height. I'm more interested in um, how guys transition out of a stance and generate power initially. Um, That's a big deal for me. But yeah, I mean, for realistically, I mean, I could not watch a single offensive lineman until basically February when the combine happens and the, the, you know, pro day stuff happens, because that's really going to, other than center uh, where the, the athleticism really doesn't translate as well. Although, you know, having said that JC Treader is a phenomenal athlete at center Um, guards and tackles. I want guys who can, who are explosive, who, who have really good agility. Uh, the, the short shuttle and the, and the three cone are big to me. Um, it, it really comes down to breaking down what you want. Um, the thing the thing I would be careful with and, and a, a, a trap that some people can fall into is you get a guy who's way too too light or just not very strong, but he's Chris really Hubbard. Mobile. Well, yeah, he's under, I mean, he's a freaking tight end, um, but I mean, yeah, Brian O'Neill is a good example of this. Uh, He's gotten better, but that was a concern with him coming out is that he was uh, maybe a little too uh, not not strong enough. I don't remember offhand what his measurables are, but there have been guys where they've they've come in and their their measurables were really really good agility wise, and they just didn't have enough power. Uh, to make it work, and you, you're sitting there going, "Wow, this guy's a great athlete, but why isn't it working?" Well, it's because they they don't have the necessary strength and position, the ability to generate power. So, I mean, in terms of numbers, you know, that that becomes a really important part of it. But I, just me, I love watching guys who uh, effort, uh, who guys who want to, you know, guys who get after it. But specifically, if you talk about technically, um, I'm interested in guys who can who have an efficient stance, who get out of their stance efficiently, generate power out of their legs on the move. And then I, and then I like seeing guys who can uh, engage their lower body, take advantage of their leg power um, and being able to be flexible uh, and engage their hips and those type of things. Those are really important factors. And then, you know, just the guys who want to get after it. Are you, are you a guy who, 
shows up and gets the block done and stops? Or are you a guy who gets after it and gets gets the block, finishes the block, and you're looking for you, you're either looking to finish that guy and drive him in the ground and take his soul, or you're looking for somewhere else to help. And I think that is sort of an underrated trait that some people fall in love with. Guys who are really athletic or or whatever look the part, but they don't have that sort of just that that internal engine that just says I want to dominate the guy in front of me. And I think that's 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 critical at least for things I look for in the position. So like one guy I haven't watched a ton of tape on him, but he stands out the negative way is Josh Jones out of the University of Houston. Um, he seems like a guy who's really comfortable just getting the block and moving on to the next one. He's not alone. There are other guys. Um, the kid out of Tennessee I think is like that. But that's one of the things I like about a guy like uh, Tristan Wirfs. That's a guy. That's a thing I like about a guy like. Uh, Prince Tega Winogo, um, Andrew Thomas, these are guys who aren't satisfied with getting that initial block and are looking to, you know, take a, take somebody's heart, take their soul, and just yep. get them to quit. It's it's not enough that I blocked you. It's, an, it's enough now that you're going to have to wait for a teammate to pick you up off the field. You want the – ideally, you want the perfect blend of athleticism with a – and I don't mean this like in a dirty player way, but a, a jerk off pain in the ass where I it literally, it's going to be the dick. whistle. What exactly. It's, it's going to be the whistle and it may be a split second. It may be a half second after that where I am going Echo to. The what's up? Echo of the whistle. Yes. I, I am going to be on you. My hands will be on you for every second that this play is intact. And guess what? Even though you're really good and you're really athletic defensive end, I am just as good an athlete. And I maybe weigh about 25 pounds more than you. So I am stronger than you. I am just as athletic than you. And I am a stinking jerk off. That's what you're looking for. I mean, you want the mentality of a left guard in the body of an athleticism of a left tackle. That is ideally what you want. That's where Andrew Thomas comes in. Where Wirfs is a little different. Mm -hmm. Incidentally, that that was one of the reasons I had hope for Austin Corbett. If you go back to his Nevada tape, he was that guy. Um, the flip side of that, or I should say, the one of the reasons uh, I love Drew Forbes is if you go back and watch his tape, I know it's against lower competition, but he looks like freaking Orlando pace tossing guys around, and he yep. wants to kill everybody. Like that, and that's the tape where you just have it, the tape you have fun watching because you can't help but guys get fired up watching guys who do this type of stuff who just get after it and are looking to just just take that guy out, rip it. Rip his heart out. Get him to want to quit. Because you'll see it. You'll see guys tap out on you. Yeah, well, and there were definitely guys. Out there. Yep, there were definitely guys with Forbes where it was just enough of, oh, wait, you got your hands just on me enough. You know what? I'm just going to go down. I mean, because the last thing I want is one more forearm into my chest plate. Uh, so and th- that's what you like about Werfs because Werfs is that guy, and it's always been the Iowa thing. It's, you know. It, they don't hear the whistle. It's you know, it just it's never ending. The grind never stops. Pete, we got a couple of minutes left. Getting a little short on time. League wise, Brown wise, what's going on with Pete Smith? That we're, now that we're getting more full time, Pete Smith. Uh, I don't know that anything particularly notable happened. I mean, the Dolphins have deactivated their entire starting secondary. The, the, that the guys that they haven't traded. Uh, so the, they won't have their stud corner and they won't have either of their starting safeties. 
uh, I, I don't know if their other corner is still in there or not, but they're, they're down at least four because uh, Lincoln Fitzpatrick was obviously traded. Um, other than that, I mean, for me, it's adjusting to having, well, it's getting a whole lot of stuff that I haven't been able to do uh, with football stuff, just life stuff. Like buying butter. Uh, like buying butter and those type of things. Uh, you know, getting stuff, getting the stuff that matters and then, uh, trying to get some stuff done, uh, Maven wise, working on a mock draft, uh, the second one of those, which is always fun, uh, to see if, you know, to see how that turns out, especially since the Browns have made some changes and that type of stuff. So that's where that's at. Yeah, um, it's no longer offensive tackles and safeties, people. There's there's some doors have been open as far as that stuff. Um, so I can tell you there's two of each of those. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Um, and talking with uh, Travis last night from Locked on Dolphins, Rashad Jones was making $13 million this year. Um, and he said Rashad Jones was giving a Kenny Britt-like type effort. So if, if you want to know where that was at, and he's just as happy to be on our – he had no – real feelings on actually giving an effort. Um, they have currently, I think, 11 defensive backs on the roster. Seven of these defensive backs were brought in after September 1st. So that tells you where that secondary is at. Um, they're plucky. They play hard. Uh, and obviously, they've gotten a couple of wins here over the last couple of weeks. And it's great. Um, they're not a team that gets penalized a lot. And all that stuff is great. But there's only so much you can do when the other people's got eight, the other team's got AK 47s and you got a starter pistol. And I, I kind of have a feeling that's where it's, this is going to go for the dolphins. If the Browns even come close to letting this be a game right now, the starting running back for the Miami dolphins is averaging 1.9 yards per carry. If this becomes a game, then you just go in there with a baseball bat and you just, you doink every coach and everybody because you, you basically laid up. It's a lame. Uh, we're going to put a bow on this one here now. Um, everything Browns, maybe, obviously, SI.com, click on Cleveland Browns. you find the stuff that uh, you know Pete and the team are putting out over there. You know The content's going to come more here. Read the damn mock draft. Come on. He's going to put a lot of effort into this. You're going to get seven rounds worth. Make sure you give it a read. Follow at Pete Smith. I'm sorry, at underscore Pete Smith, the show itself. You know, at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd DMs are open over there. Anything you guys, you know, you want on the show. Uh, I do want to thank Corey Kimmon. That is, we're, I do want to get that tomorrow night. That's going to be a great segment on just kind of monitoring here and what Pete and I feel maybe these teams are going to do over the last six, six games here. So we're going to get that tomorrow night. Uh, with that, we are done here. This has been your Thursday edition LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>